Stand Up for the Truth is sponsored by Lakeshore Communications Incorporated and made possible by your generous tax-deductible donations at StandUpForTheTruth.com slash donate. This is Stand Up for the Truth, a packed hour of challenging discussion addressing important issues and topics affecting Christians across the nation. Join the conversation via email at comments at StandUpForTheTruth.com. Now, David Fiorazzo. Good morning, brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to another edition of Stand Up For The Truth, and thank you for all the shares on social media of our recent podcasts, and uh, we're just blessed because you get behind them and you get them out there to people who would not normally hear some of the great guests and uh, topics we uh, discuss. But uh, let's open this up in prayer. We've got a very exciting first-time guest today, and I can't wait to get to her. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us another opportunity to speak your truth and just talk about things that really make a difference in terms of eternity, in terms of our Christian lives here on this temporary earth, and we thank you for giving us work to do. We are your workmanship created in Christ Jesus, and you pave the way, Lord, and help us just to hear from you, be led by your Holy Spirit, and in Jesus' name, give us the boldness to speak. Help us, Lord. This culture needs God. They need truth, and we are the ones that have the message of the gospel that can provide hope that so many people just do not have, but they're looking for in so many different places. So lead us, Lord. Thank you so much for leading us and giving us every opportunity, Lord, uh, during the day to maybe reach out and say a few things, plant a few seeds, water a few seeds, and help us be ready for those divine appointments today and one day at a time. We love you. We lift up this day and this uh, show to you, and we thank you. We ask that you'd be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, our great-grandparents would be stunned if they saw what today's Christian parents and families have to deal with. Let's look at the public schools, the removal of God and from culture, removal of the Bible and prayer from the government-controlled schools. They're teaching evolution. They're accommodating anti-Christian religions. They're battling over parental rights, and there's radical sex education, promiscuity and perversity, and now gender identity and confusion. If you throw in Hollywood, the Internet, progressive media, the gaming industry, the music industry, Planned Parenthood, our ignorance of American history, and the increasing acceptance of socialism, where in the world do we start when it comes to combating this immorality, well, on our knees, of course. Always start with the truth. But what else can Christian parents and concerned citizens do? Today's guest writes, Have you noticed that culture is struggling today? Look around you. Where are the answers to the difficult questions we are facing? Where are God's people? In a world that desperately needs Christians who will speak about their faith, we have become timid, and as the church has lost its voice, the world has lost its way. Jesus knew this would happen. It's time for God's people to find their voice. The hope we have in Jesus is the hope of the whole world, an uncomplicated, reconciling gospel that proclaims one thing, the healing work of the cross, and that's still healing today. Today's guest is a popular author and speaker, Heidi St. John, she's been speaking on marriage and family and cultural issues for 15 years or more, and her passion is to encourage moms to boldly become who God has created them to be. Heidi's been married to her college sweetheart since 1989, and their family now includes seven children and two grandsons, believe it or not. Jay and Heidi reside just outside of beautiful Vancouver, Washington, where they have homeschooled some of their kids all the way through all the way through high school, and they're still finishing up with a few at home. Heidi is the author of seven books, and her latest, which we'll talk about in a little bit, is called Bible Promises for Moms. Heidi St. John, welcome to Stand Up for the Truth. Hey, thank you so much for having me. It's really an honor. I love what you're doing. Well, we appreciate your ministry, and uh, I can't believe we haven't had you on until now, but I'm blessed that you're here. And uh, let me just say this, Heidi, we, we've got this mom theme going on here. Um, we've been uh, talking to Tina Marie Griffin, counterculture mom for many years. 
uh, Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy, she was just on with us a month or two ago. And so it's such a blessing to get you on and what you have to offer Christian women and moms. And we're going to get to homeschooling. And uh, the conference is coming up this weekend, the uh, Faith That Speaks conference. But first, I just want to introduce you to our listeners and would love for you to share uh, the bullet points from your background and your testimony. Yeah, well, Jay and I, I mean, you hit on it. I've been married to my my college sweetheart for 30 years. We celebrated our 30th anniversary uh, this fall. And I we've been raising seven children and homeschooling them uh, almost since the very beginning. We pulled our daughter, our 28-year-old, out of public school when she was finishing up her second grade year. Uh, and really, you know, I... I never wanted to join the culture war. I never, you know, homeschooling was not on my radar. It's not something I wanted to do. And uh, the Lord really burdened my heart when I read a passage in Luke, in Luke chapter 6, where the Bible says that a student, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. And I started realizing, I don't actually know these people that are influencing my child Mm. all day long. And it really was the beginning of a turning point for our family. Uh, My husband was a pastor. He was a worship pastor um, for nearly 20 years in churches all over the Pacific Northwest. And uh, we met at Bible College. And so we've been in ministry for 32 years and have been uh, just have a passion to equip uh, God's people. Right now we're in um, working, we're spending a lot of time and energy working in uh, Vancouver at a homeschool resource center that we opened about two and a half years ago in response to what's happening here. Uh, Most of the work that we do is national, but we obviously live here. Uh, I grew up in Portland, Oregon, and we live just about 15 minutes from Portland now. And we really uh, got very concerned about uh, five or six years ago when uh, Barack Obama instituted his bathroom bill. Yes. And we knew that that was going to have a devastating impact on the schools. And in fact, it has. And, in, and actually, the ripple effects from that are continuing to grow. And so we began to pray that God would help us uh, open up a full-time homeschool resource center here so that parents, so it could be a lighthouse, really, mm. for parents. And when they decided that enough was enough, that the barn was on fire and they're going to take their kids out, uh, we would have a place for them to come to. And so that has been open now for about two and a half years. Last year, we had 500 registrations. This year, we had just over a thousand. So it's really growing as the need for alternatives to the public schools are growing. So we're very, uh, very, very busy and uh, traveling all the time. And it's uh, just exciting to be a part of just, a, you know, play a small part of uh, what God is doing right now in the culture. Yes, and thank you for all the work that you're doing, particularly getting uh, Christian parents involved in... I mean, I, I'm one that has been saying for years there should be a mass exodus uh, from mm-hmm. the public schools by Christian uh, parents. And a lot of them would say, well, well, Heidi and David, um, um, how can you afford to homeschool? What would be your response to that? Well, I think it's a it's a good question, and it's one that needs answering. You know, uh, Jay and I homeschooled have been homeschooling seven children on a pastor's salary. Wow! For many many years, and I always tell parents, you know, we we make room in our budget, and in our hearts, and in our time for what we value. Yes. And as I look around the culture, and people don't like it when I say this because they say you don't understand. No, I do understand. Hmm. I absolutely understand. We, you know, as a pastor's wife, we had stints when we were on food stamps. We, I mean, we've had a really, we'd had decided when we took Savannah out of school that I was going to be a stay-at-home mom. And so I, you know, I sold Tupperware. I did all kinds of funny things for, you know, a long time at home. But the bottom line was we lived a much simpler life than the world would say, uh, than the world would say is normal, I guess, today. So, you know, that was, you know, kind of older cars. A lot of times it was one car. It was, uh, you know, a, mo- a more modest home. And we raised our children that way. And I am I wouldn't trade it for anything, mm. you know. And so I feel like it, it's like the women who tell me, oh, I love to study God's Word, but I just don't have, I don't have enough time. Well, you, d- you have enough time to go through Starbucks every day. You got enough time to go Hello. get your hair done. You got enough time to go to the gym. This isn't about time, it's about priorities, and I believe, as a general rule, the same thing is true when it comes to money. There are circumstances 
that are beyond our control that sometimes prevent, uh, you know, both parents from staying home. But I think if we looked, if we really took a good look, you know, into what's motivating us, um, we could make changes. And I actually know a lot of moms, including myself, who work uh, while we homeschool. So I work as a speaker now. Obviously, I'm working more than I used to because most of our kids are grown. Uh, But I think it's possible, you know, that old saying where there's a will, there's a way. Um, I think, you know, take it before the Lord. I think at the end of the day, when we stand before the Lord and he's going to say, you know, these were my children, my kids, they belong to the Lord that he gives to us to steward. And I would rather say, hey, we poured every ounce of energy into teaching them your word and your way rather than we sent them to the best schools and they had they lived in a great neighborhood you know, all those things. And uh, so to me, it's an issue of priorities. And I know that if parents really look uh, at their at the way that they're raising their children, we can find better ways to do it. And we mm-hmm. don't need to sacrifice our kids to a godless system of education to do it. Big amen to that. We're speaking with Heidi St. John, uh, author and conference speaker. And I recently borrowed a picture from your Facebook page with you wearing this uh Great T-shirt, great conversation starter. It says, women's rights begin in the womb. And uh, by the yeah. way, I'm not calling you a liar, but you do not look like a grandparent, um, <laughs> a grandmother. <laughs> but we have uh, several women that came in on the page. Uh, 81 people liked it so far. And a lot of people are, are saying, for example, I love her. Ask Heidi to bring her Faith That Speaks conference to Wisconsin. Another woman came in and said, I would definitely go. And then one of them said, or we could just go to Florida. But Heidi, um, <laughs> tell us about the conference this weekend coming up in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, Faith That yeah. Speaks. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I'm really excited about this. I have been doing a women's conference for about eight years now, and it really is a jam-packed uh, weekend of really teaching from straight from God's Word. I always ask the women to bring their Bibles. They're not going to hear Heidi St. John's opinion. Well, they will hear some of that, but they're going <laughs> to be directed to the truth of God's Word because that's where the answers are found. And so we spent a lot of time talking about issues that are happening in the culture. My heart is to see a generation of women get off the bench and onto the battlefield and to say, hey, stop being so timid. Stop being afraid. You know, Paul told Timothy, uh, I, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. That's not from the Lord. Power, love, and a sound mind. Well, where does that come from? It comes from a knowledge of God's Word to know His Word and be able to rightly divide it. And so that's what we'll do uh, this Friday night starting at 7 p.m. in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, my friend, Elizabeth Johnston, who was just on your show, and then Kathy Barnett, who's a weekend contributor for Fox News and running for Congress right now in Pennsylvania, she will hmm. be joining me. She has also an incredible story. She was conceived and raped. Her mother was 11 years old when she got pregnant with her. And uh, she has a powerful story of her mother's uh, decision to choose life for Kathy. Mm. And uh, it's a, it's just a powerful jam packed two days. My, uh, most of my family, my adult children, for sure. My son-in-law, along with my husband, they come down and they lead the worship, very gifted. My husband was, like I said, a worship pastor, but before that, he was a rock and roller. He was a, a Christian uh, musician that traveled with a band all over, up and down, really the Pacific Northwest, and uh, used to play for Youth for Christ and some some various organizations like that. Incredibly gifted uh, musicians. They come and do the worship, and then we just dive into God's Word. We have about six sessions that we do, um, including a live Q and A with Elizabeth, Kathy, and myself. And we are not afraid to touch on any of the issues that are brought up because God's Word has answers. For everything. And so it's not a, it's not a fluffy conference. We're not going to be sitting around doing icebreakers and playing games. I ain't got time for that. So, <laughs> God bless uh, you for that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, we are really hoping, we've actually been um, under quite a bit of attack in the last three months for Faith That Speaks because of the voices that I am bringing with me this mm-hmm. year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we're asking people to really pray for us, to pray for more women, to come to Lakeland after Lakeland this weekend will be in Los Angeles on the 13th and 14th of March. And we're really asking for uh, just for God's people to come behind us in prayer and ask that the voice of the enemy would be quieted. Mm. 
so that we can get the voice of truth out to these Amen. women. So if you've got a daughter who's, I, we always tell people like, I would say 13 years of age or older, simply because we do talk about the culture, um, bring them, you know, because it's really, it's a time of equipping and it really is life-changing. So we're excited about it. Thank you so much, Heidi. And by the way, um, off air, I would love to uh, get connected with Kathy Barnett. I'd love to have her on this uh, podcast. We've had oh, she's amazing. Yes, I'm, I yeah, can't wait to hear her story. Um, she, we've had Rebecca Kiesling on. I'm not sure if you're familiar with her ministry, yes. uh, Save the One. Uh, she's a friend yes, and I love, um, it. love her. So yes, so let's do that. But you know, the Faith That Speaks conference. What about uh, some women? in the Midwest or uh, Green Bay, Chicago area, how would someone actually try to get a hold of you or, or try to bring something like that to their area? That's a great question. We are trying to establish uh, seven places around the nation that we do them. We don't have one up in uh, the Green Bay area yet, and so we would love to establish that. We need basically a host facility. We need a church who can get behind it. So we're not looking for just a, a place to rent. We're looking okay. for a place we'll be excited and would help us bring uh, women to the event. And so the way to do that is to go to my website, HeidiStJohn.com, and uh, click on the speaking tab, and you can request to bring faith that speaks to your area. So right now we've got uh, the Chicago area lined up for this year. We've got Vancouver, Washington. We've got Los Angeles, obviously Florida, Atlanta we're working on, Maryland. And so we'd love to, uh, basically, we're just asking the Lord to open the doors. And the women that travel with me are powerful voices for the kingdom who are already, you know, one of the themes of my podcast is get off the bench. Yes. Thank and you. onto the battlefield. And so I'm always looking for women whose faith is already speaking, mm. who have been uh, bold for the Lord in the culture. And I bring them because I want them to show other women, look, you can do this. Ordinary women. I mean, Elizabeth has 10 children. I have seven. Uh, you know, uh, Kathy's raising her two children right outside the suburbs of uh, Washington, D.C. These are women who are absolutely in the world, uh, in the culture, but they're raising their children with strength and courage and conviction. Mm. And uh, they're using their voices to shape the lives of those around them. And really, that's what Jesus asked us to do right in the Great Commission. So uh, so that's what Faith That Speaks is all about. And uh we hope that uh, this weekend it'll be at our Della Baptist Church in Lakeland, and we hope that we can start bringing it around the country all over the place and see a change in the way that women interact with the world around them. Heidi, for our listeners in the Midwest, you mentioned there's one in the Chicago area. Do you have that information on hand? I do. Well, during the break, I'll get it. We okay. actually just booked that one. That Excellent. one will be, um, I think it's an hour outside of Chicago. So we're really excited about that. Okay. Um, we're going to have to take a break, and I could talk to you about the following weekend, the last weekend in February. You're going to be at the Teach Them Diligently conference in Nashville. Is that correct? That's right. I travel about <laughs> half the year. My husband and I are on the road. Wow. So maybe a little bit more than half the year. We're on the road, I would say, every other weekend from January to uh, October. So it's a busy, it's very busy speaking season. I love to speak. I love to use the voice that God has given me. Praise and uh, something Jay and I have been doing for a long time. We're passionate about it. So yeah, I'll be at Teach Them Diligently. Most of the Teach Them Diligently conferences, actually the first one and my favorite one, being in Nashville. So yeah, we're excited about that. Well, we're going to talk more about that when we come back from our break, because I pulled up the page, and uh, it's it's a homeschool conference, and I'm seeing other speakers like Tim Tebow, Stephen Kendrick, Ken Ham, Ray Comfort, Heidi St. John. My goodness, how could you go wrong? So when we come back with Heidi St. John, <laughs> we'll talk about the Teach Them Diligently conference. Also, Heidi's got a book we want to talk about, Bible Promises for Moms. More on Stand Up For The Truth coming up. Your monthly financial support of StandUpForTheTruth.com is needed and appreciated. Now, back to today's Stand Our Up For The Truth Heidi St. John. We've got a lot of her info on today's podcast blog at StandUpForTheTruth.com. You can get the podcast and share it uh, early afternoon today. Usually it's available by noon every weekday. Um, Heidi, let's uh, find out more about this Teach Them Diligently homeschooling conference in Nashville. I looked that up, and I couldn't believe how huge this uh, homeschool convention, um, th these locations, we've got them all over the country. 
And uh, this is a growing movement, isn't it? Uh, please tell us about it. Yeah. So my friends, uh, David and Leslie Nunnery, uh, are the ones that started this conference. And really, it's a, it is definitely a homeschool conference. But I, say they, I would say that they focus more on family discipleship, which is why I like it so much. Wow. Uh, there are lots of uh, conferences right now for homeschooling, and that this is probably one of the best ones that's out there because of their focus, which is why you see people like my friend Ken Ham. Uh, these guys are getting out there ahead of it, and they're saying, listen, biblical worldview is where it starts. Hmm. And so helping parents instill in their children a biblical worldview, and we use homeschooling, obviously, as the main way that we do that. But I think it's important to know, when you go to a Teach Them Diligently conference, you're going to get tons of great information. It's kind of like trying to take a drink from a fire hydrant. (laughs) (laughs) And so they'll do, like I am, I'm headlining several of the events for them this year. My husband is actually leading worship this year at most of them. And people will get an opportunity to hear, you know, well-known speakers like Tim Tebow and Kirk Cameron. And, uh, you know, and then, then also from speakers who are maybe not as well-known, but are being tons of great information about the nuts and bolts of homeschooling. And so not only are they going to get, you know, big picture, they're also going to get the nuts and bolts and the how-to of homeschooling. So we're going to help them with the why and really encourage them in getting them off the bench and onto the battlefield. And then they're going to have opportunities to hear, maybe you've got a special needs child. Maybe you've got teenagers or you're going, I don't know, could I homeschool my high schooler? Absolutely. And we're going to teach you how to do it. So it's very much um, A to Z, uh, biblical worldview that puts an emphasis on how to homeschool. So it's a wonderful uh, conference and they have them all over the nation. And I think I will be at all but two of them this year. Wow. And I'm looking at your website under events and I'm seeing a teach them diligently event in the next at least one a month in the next four months uh, roughly so people can get more information on your website under events but before we get to your books we're going to talk about the becoming mom strong collection and bible promises for mom but one question that often comes up about christians and young uh, young children who are believers coming up in a family of christians in the public schools one argument against homeschooling is, Heidi, answer this for me. What about being salt and light in the public schools as young children? (laughs) I love that question. I'm so glad you asked it. Go. (laughs) Uh, I'm actually increasingly frustrated with the salt and light argument because I think it is revealing a naivety and an actual unwillingness to consider the actual battlefield that the public school is. The Bible teaches us that we have an adversary. Right. He says, you know, be on the alert. Look out. You've got an adversary who's seeking to devour. And he's after the minds and the hearts, really, in this generation of our children. And you would never like if you knew that there was a like a real battle. Let's say people were actually getting shot. People were, you know, there were spears flying and, you know, and catapults or hurling bombs across the yard. You wouldn't send your five year old out onto the battlefield. You wouldn't send your 12-year-old out there. You probably wouldn't even send your 16-year-old out there Amen. because you wouldn't want them to get killed. And yet, we you wouldn't say, oh, salt and light, honey, here you go. You know, look out for the arrows. But we're doing that every single day when we send our kids out in the public school in the name of salt and light. Our children are not equipped. The battle is so fierce that most of the adults that I know, most of the people that I know that have been walking with the Lord for generations, are getting creamed out on the battlefield. They don't know God's word. They can't defend it. And yet we're telling our little children, our five-year-old kids, our six, seven, eight, nine-year-old kids, hey, mom and dad are going to send you out into public school today so that you can be salt and light. And I reject that argument on its face. Thank you. I think we need parents to be salt and light. We need teachers to be salt and light. But to expect that our little children who are not mature spiritually, they are not mature emotionally, and yet we send them out. I, I used this analogy yesterday. I spoke for a webinar uh, on this topic yesterday for some friends of ours at Homegrown Generation, and we were talking about this argument, and I was saying, listen, if we knew that the coronavirus, let's just let's just use something that's happening now. If, if we knew that the coronavirus was in our public schools, would, our, would parents send their kids to school? Absolutely not. No. No. They would, they would freak out. Not only would they not send their kids to school, they'd probably douse their kids in antibiotics. They'd keep their kids home. They'd put masks on their kids. They probably wouldn't even send them to the grocery store. 
And yet what's happening in our schools spiritually is a hundred million times more devastating than the coronavirus because we're talking about the eternal souls of our children. And yet we're putting our kids at risk every single day in the name of salt and light. And I think it does a terrible disservice to what Jesus said when he said, you're the salt of the earth. He didn't say, parents, your kids are the salt of the earth. And before they know who I am, send them out to be salty. <laughs> right. He never said that. Exactly. And so to me, it's, it's a combination of a naivety about the actual salt. And it is, it is an assault against our children, the minds of our children, for sure. It's a combination of naivety about the severity of the battle. And it's, I hate to say this, it's laziness mm. on the part of parents who just don't do their due diligence to see what's actually happening. And so I used to be, you know, seven or eight years ago, because I've been speaking on the circuit for a long time, seven or eight years ago, I was kind of like, you know, you do you, we chose homeschooling. I'm so far beyond that now. I'm like, listen, the public schools are on fire. They are on fire Christian kids have no business being in public schools. And I'm hoping that we, you know, we train up our children and maybe they become educators and they go back to the public schools and they see them for the mission field that they are, mm. but they're no place for children. I'm letting what you just shared sink in and resonate with our Stand Up For The Truth podcast listeners because it's so important, and I agree wholeheartedly, and I wanted to just shout amen, bold face, exclamation points a dozen times in the last couple minutes of what you just talked about. But we're going to take a slight turn here, Heidi St. John. And before we get to your book, we are going to get to it, Bible Promises for Moms. Let's yeah. talk. You were talking about what kids are faced with in the public schools, Christian kids. Let's talk about CSE. I know you have a heart mm. to fight comprehensive sex education. Please share your thoughts on that. How can... Christian parents deal with this? Well, I think the first way that we deal with it is we get educated about it. So you can't deal with it if you don't know what it is. And uh, comprehensive sex education, it, it, it's under a lot of different names in the culture right now. But basically, if you hear that there's any kind of uh, new sex ed coming to your school, it probably is comprehensive sex education or CSE, which was developed by Alfred Kinsey of the Kinsey Institute. And if you know anything oh about goodness. that... Um, you know that we're in huge trouble. Wow. I mean, I, I cannot use the words that they are teaching to our five-year-old kids because you'd have to bleep me off the air. Mm. And parents need to understand this is pornographic in nature. Um, it is a lie from the pit of hell. They're teaching children starting at the age of five that their gender is fluid. They're teaching children about homosexuality. They're teaching children, little tiny children, because Alfred Kinsey believed that children are sexual from birth. And so they believe that children should be sexually autonomous starting at, at, the, at the youngest age as possible. I think he said it uh, at age two. They believe children are sexual and should be sexually autonomous. And so they're trying to liberate these children. But what they're really doing is they're opening wide the door for sexual abuse and pedophilia and the normalization of pedophilia in the culture. And people say, oh, that's not true. It is true. Yes. And, and when I first heard it, I, I thought, no, they're, these guys are exaggerating. And so I kind of stuck my head in the sand. I thought, no, it's not, that's not true. You guys, what's happening here in Washington State would make your listeners weep. Wow. And Washington and Oregon are on the front lines of the battle against comprehensive sex education because it's being pushed so heavy. So right now, uh, Senate Bill 5362, I think I might be wrong. I'll have to clear that up on the break. But there's a Senate bill. Uh, before the legislature right now. And on Thursday, I'm going to be on my way to Lakeland, and I wish I was here because uh, I would be in Olympia, the capital, if I was here. So on Thursday, it's the last hearing before the Senate Education Committee, before the Senate votes on this. Mm. Last year, we were able to kill it in committee because so many parents showed up and they weren't ready for us. Planned Parenthood, this is their sex education. And actually, Planned Parenthood of the Pacific Northwest and Hawaii posted on their own Facebook page the other day, and I'm quoting, they said, our sex education bill is poised to pass in Washington state. And I thought how amazing that they would say that it is their sex education bill because it is. Yes. And so they, they're normalizing abortion for little girls as health care. Oh. They call it a normal, a normal procedure. 
they never talk about what abortion actually does. It ends the life of a unique individual, a unique human being. Uh, they're talking about, uh, so when they, so there's so many things, oh my goodness. I've been going to <laughs> school board meetings. I've been attending school board meetings. I've been going to information meetings in my local school district about sex ed. And you would say, well, Heidi, why do you care? Your kids are in, your kids are homeschooled. You don't have any skin in the game. You're absolutely right. Every parent, whether your kids are homeschooled or not, we should care about what's happening to our kids. Uh, we are we are commanded to love each other, to love our neighbor, and our kids are under attack. And so I went to the first meeting, and they handed out you know the the curriculum, and it was appalling to me. Uh, the pictures, mm. it's appalling. And I I remember raising my hand as a there's a um, a section on birth control, and they very you know they very quickly gloss over. Uh, they don't really even talk about abstinence. They kind of gloss over like this is a moral. Thing. But now let's actually talk about how to have sex. And so they do that in every conceivable, disgusting way possible for these little kids. And at one point, um, they talked about the do's and don'ts of birth of a particular birth control. They're talking about condoms. And they say that the downside of this is that your parents can find them. That's literally in the in the curriculum. And so I raised my hand, you know, and, I, and the superintendent called on me and I said, why are you pitting parents against their children, children against their parents? Why would you do that? He said, well, we're not doing that. So I read it out loud to him and there was an audible gasp in the room. Parents don't understand what Planned Parenthood is trying to do. No. And every parent that's listening to this needs to engage in this battle. Go to your school board and say, we don't want this in our schools. And we should be running for school board. There should be Christians on school boards, whether your kids are homeschooled or not. One of the best things we've got going here in my little neck of the woods is a mom by the name of Tina. And Tina is a homeschool mom who ran for school board. She is one of the only reasons that we have not implemented this horrible sex education into my district. Of course, on Thursday, it won't matter anymore because Washington State is poised to mandate it statewide. And that's what we're fighting. And once they do that, it won't matter what your local school board does, because then they will have mandated it from the state level. And so, uh, I mean, I like I said, people need to do their homework. I talk about this all the time on my podcast. Um, if if I were to actually tell you, if I were to use the verbiage and tell you the things that they are teaching children, you would weep. Uh, it's, in a, it's an egregious assault against our kids, and it's going to normalize. Uh, I mean, transgenderism is the tip of the iceberg. We've seen a massive rise in gender dysphoria, uh, what they call rapid onset gender dysphoria. I first heard about this when I was in Indianapolis five years ago, and a mother came up to me and her second grader wanted to transition. And this is a kid, second grade, because when they're in kindergarten, they start reading, quote unquote, children's storybooks to the kids. One is called Worm Loved Worm. These androgynous creatures who, you know, they can, they can float between male and female, and they start to uh, plant seeds into the minds of these children. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, your gender isn't what you think it is. Gender is in your head, and you can be whatever you want. And so the kids start to become confused. Well, I'm a little boy, and I like to play with Barbie dolls. Maybe I'm really a girl. And that's what happened to her son. Oh, and we are doing irreparable harm. <clears throat> Excuse me. We are doing irreparable harm to our children, and it won't stop unless ordinary parents get off the bench and onto the battlefield and they begin to care about this. Oh, Lord, I, I wish we had so much more time with you, Heidi. Um, I love that that's right on the homepage of your website, Get Off the Bench. And I wrote a book yeah. I wrote a book called The Cost of Our Silence, and education was yes. a big part of it. And I would just want to ask you one more question about these issues with, with the young, young children they're trying to reach in the government schools. What about parental consent? Um, I know, is that a battle from state to state? Because I understand that there's a lot of things when it comes to this uh, sex education that parents cannot opt out. What, I know it's probably very different right. in Washington and Oregon. Could you share, uh, we've only got a couple more minutes in this segment. Could you share a little bit about that? Yeah, I think the main thing parents need to understand is opting in or opting out is a fallacy in the first place. So here, um, so for example, here in Washington, in my local district, they, they finally came back, they kowtowed and came back and said, well, we'll do it as an opt-in only. And the parents were like, oh, great. But if I were to give, if I were to say, hey, I'm going to serve everybody in our school, um, you know, a, uh, a plate of brownies, and I put just a little tiny, teeny bit of cyanide in it, would you eat it? 
would you serve it to the kids? No, you wouldn't hmm. do that. Because what's going to happen is, you know, let's say they, they do an opt-in or an opt-out. So now you've got supposedly just a small segment of the population of kids learning this garbage. They're going to stand around the locker room and say, oh, my word, you're never going to hear what we learned in, in school today. You're never going to, you know, listen to what, you know, so-and-so taught us in our health class. So this idea that 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 will protect your kids is ridiculous. The other thing that parents need to understand is you can't opt out because they are putting this information in every single subject in school. Mm -hmm. And so kids are hearing about this is why you've heard the push in Illinois lately, right, and Kentucky uh, and Mississippi, this push to uh, indoctrinate our children about LGBT history. Well, they say we're going to teach LGBT history. Well, what is LGBT history? It's sexual indoctrination. And so you can't get it. You, When you're in the public schools, you're going to get it one way or the other. They're either going to give it to you outright in comprehensive sex education or they're going to, they're going to um, put it into the other subjects. In fact, I've seen math problems in math curriculum story problems that talk about, you know, Lisa and her wife, Angie, uh-huh. blah, 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 blah. So yes. they're normalizing this stuff in every single subject in school. And this is why I keep telling parents, get your kids out. Stop saying, oh, my, you know, that's not in my school, or I can opt my child out of that program. No, you can't. They're lying to you. Hmm. And I love that you wrote a book about the cost of our silence, because here's the thing, and I've been saying this for a long time. Gosh, I need to come back on your show. You uh, do. <laughs> can I have your I word on that? <laughs> yeah, I would love to come back. The, um, the fact is, they, these people depend on our silence. They need it. Mm-hmm. They can't do what they're trying to do if you would just open your mouth and show up. Come to the state legislature. Go to your state capitol. Talk to your lawmakers. They're just people just like you are. They're no different. Go to them and say, this is hurting our kids. I'm here to stand up and tell you we will vote you out. You will never have a job again in politics if you allow Planned Parenthood to manipulate you into passing these bills into law. And if you say, oh, I can't speak, I'm like Moses, I stutter, whatever, you don't have to speak, just show up. Just show up. So we're telling everybody in Washington State this Thursday, uh, show up to Olympia, wear a Kelly Green T-shirt. You can buy them at Walmart for 4 bucks. Uh, wear green so even if you can't speak, they can see that you're in there, that you're there to stand up against comprehensive sex education, every single person listening to this needs to stop being quiet and start engaged. One of the worst things we've ever done in the culture, I grew up in the 70s, was to say, uh, we, there's two things we don't talk about in the public. We don't talk about religion and we don't talk about politics. And where has that gotten us? It's gotten us to right where we are right now. The time for our silence is over. Oh, my goodness. God bless you, Heidi. I love We are on the same page in almost every way here. When we come back from our break, We're going to talk about Heidi's book, Bible Promises for Moms, which will give you verses and encouragement to uh, help you when you need to hear that God is pleased when you hang in there, when your mother's heart needs to remember what God can do, when you need to model true forgiveness for your children, and much, much more. More with Heidi St. John when we come back. Thank you for listening and sharing today's show via StandUpForTheTruth.com slash podcast. Now, back to Stand Up For The Truth. Here's David Fiorazzo. We're blessed to have Heidi St. John, the busy mom, on with us today. And uh, she's got a book called Bible Promises for Moms. And uh, Heidi, you also have um, a whole collection, a MomStrong collection. Would you start with the Bible promises for moms? Because I love the idea that you shared that it's it's not a big book or a paperback. It's like more like a booklet that people can buy in bulk and hand out to people. Would you share that, please? Yeah. So uh, Bible promises for moms is the newest in the Becoming Mom Strong series of books that I've been writing for Tyndale. And it's about, I want to say $3 a book. So it's very inexpensive, but it is chock full of God's promises. And then interspersed throughout there, I will write short devotions. But say if you're looking, let's say you know a mom who suffered through a miscarriage, or you know a mom who needs courage, or maybe she's discouraged, uh, you can look up those words in the front. So there's an index in the front to look up almost any kind of thing that you could be struggling with. And then you'll see a page number, go right to that page, and there might be eight or nine verses from God's Word. And so the idea is that you buy maybe 10 of them, 
and you see a mom at Walmart or wherever and you see that she's struggling, maybe she's got a kid that's throwing a temper tantrum or whatever, you see a mom at the library and she's surrounded by lots of little kids, it's like a hug from heaven. Hmm. And so you can give them that book and say, hey, I thought you would really enjoy this. And just encourage them. I always tell the moms, if you get an opportunity right in the front of the book, you are loved. Right in the front of the book, you are loved. I sign those books all over the country when I'm speaking, and that's what I always write in the front, because that's what these moms need to know. They need to know that they're loved and that God has a plan and a purpose for them and that He sees them in their mothering. And so uh, it's a very, very powerful book, mostly because it's Scripture. And so, like I said, really inexpensive. It's like $2.99. You can buy it you know, for even anywhere books are sold. You know, Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You can buy it directly from me at HeidiStJohn.com uh, or from Tyndale. And then uh, we always tell people, you know, buy at least five of them and then ask the Lord to show you who to give it to you. Mm. It's a really powerful thing. We will have that link in today's podcast notes at StandUpForTheTruth.com. I'm just going to mention some of the titles of your other books, and you can talk about whatever one you would like to uh, emphasize or describe. Becoming Mom Strong Bible Study, The Busy Mom's Guide to Daylight, Prayers for the Battlefield, The Busy Mom's Guide to Romance, and Scripture Writing Challenge Booklet. Um, oh, and then there's the Becoming Mom Strong Journal, and there's an audio version. So tell us about any one or all of these. Yeah, so obviously I love to I love to write, and I love to encourage moms. The the flagship book that you just talked about is called Becoming Mom Strong. That's a, it's out in a paperback now, but that's also a hardback book, and that is really the story of my life and growing up uh, in a rather dysfunctional home. And the, and just not ever feeling like I could do this motherhood thing. And it's amazing to me, you know, God gave uh, seven seven kids to the girl who can't keep houseplants alive. <laughs> and uh, and I grew up in, an, in a very unhappy home. And so I was diagnosed with uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and a panic disorder when I was in my early 20s. And they immediately put me on medication for it. And it's really a story of healing. It's a story of God taking this, this timid, you know, broken 19-year-old girl and saying, I'm going to make you whole. And he's been doing that through me. I, you know, obviously I married a wonderful man who's been a huge part of the healing in my life. Uh, and the Lord has just shown me, listen, you can be the strong mom that I created you to be to encourage your children to walk with me. And so that's what that story is about. It's, uh, I definitely touch on the culture in becoming mom strong. And then after that, those are the, all the other books really flow out of that, except for the, uh, except for the busy moms guide to. Uh, so, Prayers for the Battlefield, again, it's uh, seasons of motherhood. So I might talk about, like, onto the battlefield. What does the Bible say about your child? The Bible says that your child is an arrow in the hands of a warrior. Mm. That makes you a warrior. Wow. That makes parents warriors. And so uh, they're I'm basically teaching women how to p- uh, pray God's Word over their children. So lots and lots of sh- uh, shorter devotions in there, and then we turn them into prayers that are based on Scripture. So I love that book, um, Curse of the Battlefield. It's a, a hardcover book. And the, the Busy Mom's Guide to, those are more, uh, the, the Guide to Romance was the book, I think, years ago that got me on the radio with Dr. Dobson that is talking about marriage and the importance of nurturing your marriage through, especially through the years that you're raising your children. Because so many moms will say, oh, this is, I need to focus on my children. Mm-hmm. And you're wrong. <laughs> you know, the, the focus always needs to be the marriage relationship. And out of an overflow of what God does in the marriage, you focus on your children and not the other way around. This is God's heart uh, for you. And so just talking about how to do that and kind of the ups and downs that Jay and I have had over 30 years of marriage, of which there have been many, (laughs) as you can imagine. And it's mostly just really encouraging moms. I'm very, you know, if if people like listening to me, then they'll like the way I write because I, I write exactly how I talk. I'm not a fancy, flowery author. Um, I like to just write as things come to me. And so a lot of the books that, um, you know, as I started out, I really were practical, but then really moved into, oh, my goodness, like we moms need to be girded up because our kids are asking us questions that my generation didn't even see coming. Exactly. And so uh, trying to be ready for that. So really, it's just a shot in the arm for moms, strengthen them in every area. The Guide to Daylight is a lot about homeschooling, like how in the world, I think the subtitle on that is, you know, how to fit your size 16 day into a size 10. You know, how do I homeschool my kids and still get dinner on the table? 
So that's a lot of nuts and bolts, scheduling ideas, practical homeschool help. And then the other ones really are just strengthening mothers to be the moms that God wants them to be. So many great resources um, on your website, and uh, I encourage our listeners to go there. Um, I want to mention that you know being a parent and, of course, being a mom is a challenging, difficult, sometimes thankless job. And it's it's sometimes discouraging. But when you're a Christian and you're trying to raise your children in the ways of the Lord and trying to do that in this culture, there's spiritual warfare involved. There's constant opposition from the world. And you are trying to provide resources for moms and because they need a special kind of strength that uh, moms in the world might not need. Can you talk a little about that? Yeah, I think that, the, well, I think that the church has done uh, a woeful job of ministering to mothers. You know, we see a lot of uh, churches have their moms groups and the moms, you know, we get we get together, we make a craft and we talk about how hard it is to parent our children and how hard it is to be married. And and then we, you know, we say a quick prayer and we go home. And I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> why aren't we encouraged? Why aren't we? Why aren't we equipping these mothers with with the Word of God? And yes. so that was really my heart. That's the reason I started uh, several years ago. My husband and I launched Mom Strong International. So you can go to momstronginternational.com. Every single month there, we release a brand new Bible study. Uh, there's a free scripture writing challenge. You can become a leader at MomStrong International, start your own group, and we are actually studying the Word and applying it to the culture and applying it to uh, women in the world today to say, you know, you need a special kind of strength, and that strength Mm -hmm. doesn't come from Heidi St. John. It it comes from God's Word. It comes from a knowledge of God's Word and from really walking with Him and its discipleship. So I am, like I said, my husband and I met at Bible College. We've been in ministry for all you know, all of our married life, and even before that, and uh, I have been disappointed, really, in the last twenty twenty some odd years, to see the church neglect to train their mothers and mm. their parents for the battlefield. And so that's what we're doing at MomStrong International. That's the reason why I wrote "Becoming MomStrong" and the suite of books that goes with it uh, is to give mothers resources to kind of help them, you know, clear the fog off of their glasses, it's that spiritual fog. You know, the enemy knows that when we don't know his word, God's word, our spiritual eyes grow dim. And we see a lot of dim-eyed mothers in the world today. And frankly, I think that's why so many of them still keep their kids in the public school, because we're our eyes are not open to the spiritual battle that the Bible warns us about over and over and over again. And he says the stakes are eternal. They're not temporary. And so uh, that's really the heart behind it, and to mm. equip these mothers and to step in the gap. There's a lot of moms, too, out there today whose own mothers didn't uh, mentor them. Right. And so I've kind of become a mentor to tens of thousands of women, <laughs> mothers. Um, and it's a, it's, a, it's a privilege and something that I love to do. And so uh, and Jay and I talk a lot about marriage. We just got home from a marriage cruise that we spoke on marriage uh, you know, to lots and lots of people. But just our heart really beats for encouraging uh, the family. And obviously mine is for mothers. Jay and I together talk about marriage a lot. And then parenting, you know, how do we parent our kids in the culture today? Well, guess what? Surprise, God's Word has answers. Yes. And uh, the Bible doesn't change, right? The culture is shifting under our feet, but God's Word will stay the same. Amen. Thank you for ending on that note. We've got a minute left with Heidi St. John. Please share a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, so the Heidi St. John podcast airs every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. It's a little shot of what you're hearing today. I like to tackle everything from politics to uh, culture. I take I take questions from listeners on Mondays at Mailbox Monday and a little bit on Wednesday. And then every Friday, I have a guest on the show who is off the bench and onto the battlefield. Uh, we've had Duke Pesta, Elizabeth Johnston, you know, Tina Griffin, Abby Johnson from the movie Unplanned. Uh, Priscilla Shire. We've had lots of really great, um, Kirk Cameron's been on the show a couple of times, and just people who are out in the culture who are really making a difference for the kingdom and can speak to what's going on in the culture today. So if uh, if you like, and they're this short, they're 20 minutes, because I do them every, you know, every other day. So kind of a shot in the arm, but we are just loving, we, in August, I think we passed 32 million downloads. So Lots of people listening to that, and hopefully we're equipping and encouraging them along the way.
Praise God. Heidi, I don't know how you're able to do all that you do. That's why you go by The Busy Mom. So thank you so right. much for taking some time this morning with us on Stand Up For The Truth. God bless you. Thank you so much. Heidi St. John. We'll have all those links in today's podcast post. There's so much to get to. Faith That Speaks conferences. Teach Them Diligently. Mom Strong International as well as uh, Heidi's MomStrong book collection. We'll put all that in the podcast post at StandUpForTheTruth.com. When we come back, a lot more to talk about as far as guests the rest of this week. Stand Up For The Truth, a ministry of Lakeshore Communications Incorporated. Keep the discussion going on social media. Stand Up WI on Facebook and Twitter. Now, we wrap up today's Stand Up For The Truth. Oh my goodness, what a phenomenal, phenomenal uh, interview with Heidi St. John. It was so, such a blessing to to get to know her a little more and just to share uh, what she does with you guys. I'm just, just so thankful for guests like that that have been on the front lines of ministry for years. And uh, one of the things she had on her website is, is a scripture, Ephesians 6, 20, when Paul was uh, praying that um, the Ephesians would pray for him as an ambassador in chains that he may speak the gospel boldly as he ought to speak, and that should be our prayer as well. Um, And for me, for any of us, please pray for us that when we are out in culture and in our daily lives, that we would speak the truth in love, but not back down and and speak it boldly. Um, She also shared with me, I I have a couple extra seconds here, she shared with me that their conference registrations have taken a little hit because the left has been attacking her in part because Elizabeth Johnston, the activist mommy, is partnering with Heidi St. John on some of these um, Faith That Speaks conferences, and the left is trying to call them haters and bigots. You know the game that they play. So please keep ministries like that in prayer and conferences like that, whether it be Faith That Speaks or the homeschooling. Tomorrow, Dr. Andy Woods, uh, The Coming Kingdom of Jesus Christ. It's not here yet, but it's coming. And then we finally reconnected with Pastor Carl Gallops. He'll be back on Thursday. We haven't talked to him for a couple months, so of course we're going to talk about the impeachment trials and everything else that's been going on in D.C. and all the politics. And of course, Bible prophecy. He loves to talk about that. Jay Siegert on Friday with the Starting Point Project. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. As always, we appreciate your prayers, financial support, and sharing these podcasts, please, on social media. Tell other people about this podcast. So thanks again. God bless you. And keep speaking the truth about things that matter.